Anyways, let's welcome to day 111 of lockdown, 111 days of lockdown since our president um, declared a state of emergency in South Africa with the COVID-19 virus. And so uh, we've been um, somehow locked in our homes. We've been, some of us have been to work, some of us are working from home, some of the kids are at school, some of the kids are not at school. Um, and there's a whole lot of things happening around us right now. So this evening, I just want to share a little thought with you. Um, something that God has laid in my heart, but before I do that, can we open up in prayer? Father, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come tonight. I pray that you would move in our hearts, that you'd remove fear and replace it with faith. We want to thank you that you're a faithful God, that you're a loving Father. Father, that your word says that we're the apple of your eye, you know us by name, and we have found favor in your sight. And Father, I just thank you for your provision in this season. I thank you for protection in the season. I thank you for the incredible healings that you've done in the season, I want to pray, Holy Spirit of God, that even as we would just watch this link tonight, that Holy Spirit, you would come and invade our homes, invade our families, invade our hearts, invade our minds right now. And I pray that you give us the peace that's possible understanding, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. It has been the most interesting, to say the least, season of my life. You know, at the age of, of 52, I never in my wildest imagination thought that we would be going through the crisis we go through right now. I never could I even imagine the immensity of what is happening in the world. I think it's something that all of us think we only see on TV, you know, and movies and um, all these uh, conspiracy theories of what's happening and the world's going to shut down and Armageddon's coming and all these kinds of things. But it has been a real sobering moment um, for me over the last few months just to understand how vulnerable we really are as people and how affected we are by what is happening around us. I think often as Christians we can, you know, say we live by faith and not by fear and, and you know what, God is for us and not against us and, and God works all things for the good. We know all those scriptures, we quote those scriptures, but yet every one of you somewhere in the last couple of months has hit some kind of a, can we call it a panic moment, a fearful moment, a moment where God, where are you in the midst of this? Um, God, why aren't uh, people being healed? Why isn't the virus dying? Why isn't the economy open? And I think for a lot of us, we, we're stressed out. We don't know what the next couple of months hold. We don't know financially are we going to make it. We don't know um, how many loved ones we're going to lose. And, and I think over the last three weeks, just especially in the Eastern Cape, it's become such a reality to me because we've had so many people testing positive right around us, um, family and friends and um, and, and workers and we've seen schools close and principals having to um, isolate themselves um, you know pastors having to isolate themselves we've we've heard of so many that have lost their lives during this season um, in this pandemic and it became a real thing in my life over the last week and a half I've been down with flu for a little bit and um, been battling um, you know just uh, just to get rid of this the snotty nose and, and the cough and and I just knew that God was in control the whole time, but it really gave me a time just to reflect and, and to say, God, what is, what is going on in this season right now? For me, the church has, has done everything that it has. You know, we've got prophetic courses online. Everyone is preaching online. Um, we've prayer walked. Uh, we've prayer marched. Uh, we've had uh, um, national days of prayer. We've had, uh, you know, you name it, fasting and praying. We've done it all, and somehow... It's like the answers are just not coming. And I think for many believers, I think our faith has been challenged right now and really challenged in the sense of, God, come on, you know, where, where, is, where are you 
in the midst of this thing? Why does it feel, God, that you are so quiet? Why are you so quiet? We see the satanic church opening up. We see, you know, people dying all over the place. We see um, churches in, in fights. I mean, you've watched the news of it. Churches were actually killing each other and shooting at each other. And, and for a moment yesterday, I sat back and I thought, God, what is going on in the world right now? This is absolute madness in what is going on around us. And, and yet, in the midst of all this chaos, I think as a believer, I've got to find my place in Christ Jesus. I've got to find my place in not living in the fear, but living in the faith that God can do the impossible. The problem with us believers is that often we want God to remove us from a situation. We don't want God to allow us to go through a circumstance or through a challenge or through a hardship or through the COVID-19 or through being sick. Somehow we want God just to, to take us and almost put us in a bubble and protect us and, you know, the rest of the world can, you know, whatever happens to them, happens to them. But because we believe in Jesus, you know, God, we would just want that ultimate protection from you. We want to make sure that you just got your hand on us. And he has got his hand on us. But we also got to understand something that we, even though we're not of this world, we're still living in this world. And in you and I are subject to everything that is happening in the world. It's subject to the economy that is going um, up and down. Um, we're subject to unemployment. Um, we, we're subject to our businesses closing. We're subject to churches being limited to, you know, to 50 people. We're living in the reality with the rest of the world right now. But the difference has to come in our lives is whether we believe that God is enough or whether God is not enough in our lives. And um, as I was um, just chatting to some people this weekend, and, and noticing the incredible fear that people had, that almost like when people tested positive, first there's a stigma attached to it, and, and secondly to that, most people think, well, now I'm gonna die. I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna die, and, and for them, it is thinking about their lives, thinking about their journey, thinking about their family. What does their finances look like if they die right now? Will their family survive? Will their kids survive? And I think these are real questions that we can't avoid. You and I cannot sit back and go, oh, well, you know, thank you to the blood of Jesus. None, none of this is affecting us. Whether you like it or not, whether you're a believer or not, these things are affecting you. We're staying at home. We're terrified to go outside. We don't know who we're mixing with. We, we don't know if we're going to bring our staff back. We don't know if we should carry on meeting as a church. We don't know if we should meet in life groups. All these questions are real questions. And I want to say this to you, that you're not a weaker Christian or you not have less faith in God just because you're asking these questions. These are questions that every single person around the world is asking themselves right now. And it's a real question. It's a real concern in every one of our lives. I mean, we've had people that have, that have had mild strokes and, and people that have heart attacks. And this is all connected with, with stress and work-related stuff and marriages that are struggling and kids that are sick and businesses that are shutting their doors and unemployment that is happening. And, and whether you and I believe in Jesus, we still have those thoughts that come through our mind each and every day. Are we gonna make the end of the year? What is the church going to look like at the end of the year? Is the church going to survive? I've heard of so many pastors that have passed from COVID. I've, I've seen so many churches, heard of so many churches that are closing because financially there's just no way that they're going to make it. You know, they can't pay bonds, they can't pay rent. Um, I've got people that can't pay their staff, their business are closing, they can't pay rent, they haven't paid rent for months. These are real questions. 
And so often we want God to almost remove us from the situation um, just because we're believers. And we never want to work through the process of what God wants to do in the midst of the situation. And yesterday, as I was just having a quiet time and just chatting around uh, with Chantal around some issues and, and just like the future and what it holds and, and, and what do things look like. And we know that, that uh, you know, God is in control and, and don't make a doubt about it. You know, um, my love and my, my, my calling towards God doesn't change at all. But I also find it very exciting, the season that I'm in right now, because I've had to dig deeper than I've ever had to dig in my life. I've had to fall in more in love with Jesus more than I ever have. And, and it's easy to worship God when things are great. It's easy to worship God when the cars are paid for. And it's easy to worship God when your family is healthy and they're doing well at school. And it's easy to worship God when your marriage is going great and, and, you, and you've got a customer list this long and the bank balance is looking great. But the true test, the true challenge of our faith doesn't come in the, in the good times. It doesn't come, as many people would say, on the mountaintops. They come in the valley. And this is where your faith and my faith really gets tested in the season. And this is the season where we will grow more than we've ever grown. Yes, we're going to be disappointed. Yes, we're going to be discouraged. Yes, at times we're going to doubt our faith and all these kinds of things. But at the end of the day, we've got to come to the place of understanding that we cannot let go of our faith and our hope and our calling and our love that we have for Jesus Christ. And more than that, the love that he has for us. I was reminded yesterday um, just of the story, and we all know the story of the Israelites that, uh, you know, they were on their way to the promised land, and they had, I think we can find it in Numbers, number two, um, uh, we can find it in Deuteronomy two as well, but we find them having just conquered the Canaanites, they had this deal with God, and said, God, you know, if you deliver them, we will serve you the rest of our lives. And so they conquered the Canaanites. They just totally destroyed them. Their next city that they had to travel to was Edom. And we know that they were on their way to Edom. And I'm just paraphrasing right now because I want you really to go read what it's all about. But on their way to Eden, God speaks to Moses. He says to Moses, no, no, no. I don't want you to attack Eden. Because you've got to understand something. They asked Eden for permission to pass through the land on the way to the promised land. And the Edomites turned around and said, no, you're not welcome in our land. And the first reaction, the first reaction of the Israelites, well, well, let us go destroy them. We just took out the Canaanites now. They were a mighty nation. Edom should be nothing to us. Let's prepare for war. If they're not going to let us through, we're going to just go for war. And we hear that God speaks to Moses and God says to Moses, Moses, I don't want you to fight Edom. I don't want you to go to war to Edom. I actually want you to go around it. And, and the crazy thing is, is that their journey was northward towards the promised land. And Moses turned them around 180 degrees and he marched them southwards, away from the promised land, a massive journey all the way around Edom to get to the next town that God would want him to conquer. In the process, we found that, uh, you know, they now become despondent because now, you know, what the journey was going to take us two days and in a sense, we were going to have a battle, and then we would go on. All of a sudden, there was this month's delay that three million people now all of a sudden had to travel around the city simply because God said, I don't want you to, to go to war with them right now. If anything, I want you to go around them. And, and we found that, that as the crowd go around them, they all become despondent, 
And you know, they start saying, God, they're so tired of this manna that they're eating every single day. They, they call Moses one side and they say to him, you know, what are you doing to us? You brought us out of Egypt. There we were fed at least. There we were taken care of. You brought us to die in the wilderness here. You know, what is happening? And, and just a real, the people of God became so disgruntled, even though God had delivered them, even though God had brought them out of slavery, even though God had given them battle after battle after victory after victory, one thing that God says, this time, don't go through, go around. And we found they had a temper tantrum. They, they threw their toys out the cot, they were happy, unhappy about the food, they were unhappy about this, they wanted meat, they wanted to go through Eden, and we find all this crazy stuff. And, and then in Deuteronomy, the word says that God brought serpents, vipers, amongst them. And so what happens is that the whole place they were traveling was, and this is my picture in my mind, you know, there were just snakes all over the place. And the word says that as they were being bitten, they were dying. And, and yes, poor Moses, he's got to lead this thing. He's got to keep everyone motivated. He's going to make sure that everyone is now on the same age. And come on, guys, we can do this. You know, we, we're going to get to the promised land soon. And, and he goes before God, and God just says a simple thing to him. He says to him, I want you to do something. I want you to, to make this bronze snake. And I want you to put it on a pole. And, I, and as you put it on the pole... Every person, now you're going to read this because he says, every person that is bitten and looks up towards the snake that is hanging on the pole will not die. But those that refuse to look up at the snake that is on a pole that I've asked you to make, they will die. I thought about this. And I, I really, and we know it's a prophetic picture of Jesus. We know, um, you know, I just thought about this and I thought, man, this pole must have been really long. Three million people, the snake must have been quite big. This wasn't like a broomstick with a little pole on it. And Moses held it up and everyone that got bit and looked at it. He must have made like a serious pole. You know what I'm saying? He must have made this massive pole, this massive snake, that it doesn't matter where you were in the three, three million crowd, that if you got bitten and you could look up and you could see the pole with the snake on it, that you would, you would not die. And we all know the story of Jesus. That's exactly what God did with Jesus. That even though the world is going crazy around us and people are dying around us, it doesn't mean that we're not going to get bitten. It does not mean that we're not going to get COVID. It does not mean that we're not going to get sick. It does not mean that we're not going to lose our jobs or we're going to go through financial crisis. But he says the incredible thing to Moses is if they would just lift up their eyes and look to what it is that I've asked you to make, even though they're bitten, they will not die. Wow, I've never, I've never read that scripture like that before. Because I think in all of us, we want God to take us out of a situation. We don't want to walk through the COVID. We don't want to walk through the retrenchments. We don't want to walk through the financial crisis we're in right now. We don't want to walk through what's happening in the church life and, and the craziness that's happening in our economy right now. But he said to Moses, they will be bitten. But how they respond to when they get bitten is the secret. And, and as I thought about that, I thought, you know, we, we're born into a sinful world that, that, that you and I have got sin around us every day. You and I, whether we like or not, Hendrik did last week, and if you haven't heard Hendrik's sermon last week, I want you to go listen to it because he was just absolutely amazing. But, but sin is sin. Then you and I deal with sin every single day of our lives. You and I deal with people every single day of life. You and I sin. 
each and every day of our lives, whether we like it or not. And we can pray 10 times in the morning and we can read our Bible. There still comes a time where all of a sudden we do something that is not pleasing to God. And that is really what sin is at the end of the day. And so for you that is journeying unemployment right now, for you that is journeying, you know, where do we fit in the church life? For you that is journeying um, marriage problems right now, or maybe you're facing divorce, or maybe you need to close your company. And you say, God, but where are you in this thing? I need to say this to you. You need to refocus. You need to look up at the cross of Calvary, the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, this might say, oh, good, but that's such a spiritual thing. It might be a spiritual thing, but it's the truth. You see, the thing is, is that as those Israelites were bitten, they looked up at the serpent that Moses had put on a pole. The word says, and they will not die. And I need to say this to you, that it doesn't matter what we're facing in the world around us right now. You've got to understand something, that if we keep our focus on Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, if we keep our eyes on the cross of Calvary, and Andrew did last week, he spoke about the importance of the cross. You and I have to draw our strength from the fact that we will not die in the season right now. We will not die if, our, if we lose our company. We will not die if we, we haven't got income. We will not die at the end of the day if the church had to close again. Because you and I need to keep our eyes focused so on Jesus right now that when we keep our eyes focused on Him, you know what happens? Is that we get the answers that we need. You see, in the season we're in right now, as your pastor, I want to say this to you, we're not here um, simply because we want to survive. We're here because we want to thrive. We're not here because we simply want to quote scripture. We're here because we want to find ourselves so deeply in the throne room of God, into the presence of God, at the feet of Jesus, that it doesn't matter what you and I are facing. It doesn't matter if I'm positive. It doesn't matter if I'm negative. It doesn't matter if I lose my job. If we can keep our eyes focused on the cross of Calvary, Jesus, the Lamb of God, that was sacrificed, that was put on a hill, that if we look at him, the word says that we will not die, but we will have eternal life. And that's an incredible promise to us. That it doesn't matter what you and I are journeying right now. The word of God says that we are going to give, be given eternal life. In the chaos, in being bitten in this COVID right now, in all the things that are happening. If you and I just refocus, refocus ourselves and look up at the cross of Jesus and start to realize that that is where our help comes from. He, he is the Alpha and Omega. He is the first and the last. And I, I don't know where you are right now. You might be despondent tonight. You might be feeling sad. You might be feeling like, is life worth living? You might have had a heart attack. You might have had medical conditions. You might be positive for COVID right now. But I want to say this to you. Lift your eyes and look to heavens and cry out to the one that can promise you eternal life. Yes, we're going to go through hardship. Yes, we're going to go through tough times. Yes, we're going to face economic crisis. Yes, the world is probably never going to be the same. You see, but there's one thing that never changes, and that is the love of God. The Word of God actually says that there's absolutely nothing that can remove us from the love of God. Nothing that can remove us from the love of God that He has for us in Christ Jesus. And, and, and this might sound like a crazy message to you, but I want you to endure. I want you to walk through this unemployment and come out on the other side alive. 
I want you to look at your business and go, maybe I need to reinvent myself. I need to look at church and go, what more can I do for church right now? Um, in my marriage, maybe I need to turn things around. Maybe I just need to stop being who I was for the last 10 years and maybe I need to have a good look at myself. I find myself in this, in this last five, six days where I was sick and just sitting in bed. My mind just went crazy. And I think a lot of you, your mind's going crazy and you're thinking about stuff and you're thinking about grandbabies and your kids and finances and, you know, all these kinds of things and church life. And, and it does, it becomes so overwhelming. And it was crazy that because I, on Monday, I just sat on my bed and I just, I said to God and I was feeling terrible and I said to God, God, all I want to know is this. Will I live? And I think it wasn't just me. I think so many of you are asking that question right now. So many of you are asking that question, God, are we going to make it? And you know, in that audible voice on Tuesday morning, I wake up and I hear that audible voice where God says, me, Kurt, you will live. And I want to say to this to you, church, you will be fine. You will live. You will make it. You will survive. But you've got to start to draw your strength from Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. It doesn't matter what's biting you right now. It doesn't matter what chaos you're going through right now. I think it's time that we stop moaning about the food, stop moaning about the manner, stop moaning because all of a sudden, as believers, we've got to go the long way around. And I know you and I want to storm through Eden right now and end this COVID thing and God take it off the face of the earth and we want to go back together. But there was a reason why God wanted them to go around Eden and not through it. And prophetically, I believe that God is saying that to us right now. There's a reason why we are going through what we're going through right now. And you and I need to discover that reason for ourselves. You and I need to discover why is God taking a long way around? Why is God not answering my prayer? Why is not God still coming through for me? And often I find myself in the place where it's all about me. I never say, Father, what can I do to enhance the kingdom? Father, what can I do to help those in need? What can I help do to help those that haven't got food on their table? All, it's always about me. Oh God, I'm going to be all right. Is my finance going to be all right? Is my business going to be all right? We ask God those questions and they are such selfish questions because they always, all we want to know is that we're going to be okay and almost if we're okay, well, then the world around is going to be okay. But we don't come to the place and God, what do you desire of me in this season right now? I give you my finances. I give you my marriage. I give you my church situation. I give you my children. I give you my health. I give you my, my, my business, whatever it might be right now. And all that I want to do, Father, is look up at the cross of Calvary that promises me eternal life. You see, nothing of what we have on earth do we take with us one day. And we've made such a big thing of what we have that we forget about what is awaiting us. And what is awaiting us in the kingdom of God, what is awaiting us in the calling and the purpose and the plan that God has for you. And so I want to encourage you this week. Yes, we get a tough time. Yes, they say that things are peaking and, and things are going to get worse. But I pray that as things get worse, as things become more unorganized and more irrational decisions get made by people that are in power and more crazy decisions are made, that you and I will not for a minute look down to see what is biting us, but may we lift our heads and look to the author and the finisher of our faith and his name is Jesus. And may we not lose focus of what he's done and what he's doing and what he already has done in my life and in your life. 
And so I want to encourage you today, stay strong. I want to thank you guys that are attending church. It's been amazing. We've, we've had two services every Sunday. They've been full every single Sunday. Well, full, we mean 50 people. Um, the people are booking online. Our database is doing really well. Um, we, we're excited to meet with you guys. But there are strict measures in place. You've got to understand that. That you cannot come if you're feeling sick. You cannot come to church if you if you if you gain through a temperature and we'll measure that at the door. You cannot come to church if you've been in contact with someone that has been or been tested positive for COVID. And and I'm asking you not because I want an empty church. I'm asking you this because I want you to take everyone else into consideration around you. Um, and so join us online Monday mornings at nine o'clock. And we still go live and we still share the word of God with you. I'll be preaching this Sunday um, a, a word that God has laid in my heart. And I really want to encourage you guys to share it. But before we even close tonight, I want to pray a blessing upon you tonight. I want to speak life over you. The word of God says that blessings, death and life are in, in the tongue. And, and I want to speak life over you tonight in Jesus' name. And Father, I, I want to thank you for every person that is watching right now. Every person that is struggling financially, every person that is... Um, contracted COVID-19 that is positive, every person that is backing with a cold or flu or sinuses or, or marriages right now or business or staff, whatever it is they're facing. Holy Spirit of God, I want to pray that you give them the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that in the midst of this chaos, that we will stay calm, that we will keep our eyes focused on you, that we may not become despondent, that we may not become downtrodden. Father, that this thing will not affect our health, this thing will not affect our church, this thing will not affect our country. And Father, we believe that in a day, you can turn everything around if we keep our eyes focused on you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Bless you guys. We love you guys. We miss you. If I don't see you on Sunday, I'll see you guys soon. But we'll chat soon. And be safe out there. God bless.